it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass, Billy Gunn, together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation, and if you ain't down with that, we've got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star, Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality, Bruce Wirtz. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirtz, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum, The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Welcome to another episode of Talking Facts. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Of course, I have a great guest lined up for you guys that we're going to talk about. But before we get started, of course, there's always a few things I want to talk about beforehand. First, before I start going off on any tangents, Let's talk about social media. Don't forget to go, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to go and subscribe because it's very important. And also hit that bell notification so you don't miss out on any of the great content coming your way. Also, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SassySteffi because, trust me, I'm sure once I get talking about sports and, anyway, just go and follow me because it's going to be an interesting couple weeks for sure, (laughs) especially on my Twitter. But also, Patreon.com slash Sassy Steffi. Very important to go there and subscribe. It helps support the show, and you're going to have lots of great and amazing content put out almost weekly. Well, of course, you have the the, uh, podcast weekly, but other stuff is coming out weekly as well. So make sure you go and subscribe today. That's patreon.com slash Sassy Steffi. Now on to what I will probably go on in a tangent about, but it's okay. So it's sports. I want to talk about sports today before we get to my guest, because A, it's January, so that means that Royal Rumble is this month, just a couple of weeks away, which of course kicks off WrestleMania season, which is the best time for the wrestling fandom because it's just amazing. I mean, WrestleMania is the accumulation of the entire year, and of, why am I telling this? You guys already know that. Of, of course you know that. That's why you're here, right? You like wrestling. But also, me, I'm so super jazzed because... The Cleveland Browns are still in the NFL playoffs. Oh, my God. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this beautiful Cleveland Browns flag behind me added to my decor of my of my studio here. <sighs> Quick story. So Sunday when I was watching the game, I was so overwhelmed with my own emotions, I didn't know how to process them. Because in my in- – okay, let's put it this way. They haven't won a playoff game in 25 years. So that's the majority of my life, right? So in my adult life, they have never won a playoff game until Sunday. So I didn't know how to handle that. This is my diehard love for this team, and they're winning in the playoffs, and they did, oh, oh my God. I'm still jazzed. I, I, can you tell? I mean, honestly. But, like, I wanted to go, like, run around the block or something because I had so much, like, pent-up, like, 
energy that needed to be expelled somehow. I mean, I'm sure you can still tell that I'm pretty jazzed about it. <laughs> and uh, But, of course, here we're under lockdown, so I couldn't go for a run, at least not Sunday night. But, oh, man, I'm so excited for my Browns. We have Kansas City this weekend, which is going to be really, really tough for us. But I have faith in us. Please do not underestimate the Cleveland Browns. We want more. Oh, so excited. And then also, of course, it is hockey season once again. I'm so excited. My Montreal Canadiens can't wait to see what they do. And, of course, I love, side note, I love the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights. So excited to see what the season holds for both of those teams. But anyway, I digress. I'm not going to go on any further. Let's talk about who is my guest today. She is an award-winning blogger. She has over 64 million subscribers here on YouTube. She's been seen on Impact and AEW, and she's currently signed to MLW. She is the interview queen. This is Alicia Atu. I am here with the award-winning, the interview queen, Miss Alicia Atut. How are you doing? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well, trying to keep jolly and merry this time of year, and you know, things are going as well as they can be. Yeah, I see you're looking very festive over there today. Thank you. I'm trying. How are you? Doing well, you know, the best that we can be. I mean, we were talking a little bit about that already, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Only so much you can do at this time. Yeah, definitely. I feel like everyone's kind of adjusting. We're taking it as it goes. As long as we stay safe, that's kind of what matters in the end. So let's make the best of everything. Exactly. I try to stay on the most positive side anyway, because like the negative, it's just like, I'm just going to drown myself in sorrows. And I don't want to do that at all, especially this time of year, Christmas. I want to be happy. Yeah, sure. I'd love to go spend time with people and stuff like that. But, you know, there's other things to be happy about, like my health right. and stuff like that. So. Yeah, there's definitely, we're just taking it as it comes. And if there are times where things are let up and we're allowed to follow rules that let us be with people, then that's amazing. And if not, you know, thankfully there's Zoom and Skype. It's not quite the same, but we're, we're, uh, we're doing okay. (laughs) 100%. And you know what? I, I started doing a bunch of research on you the other day when we started talking about doing the podcast together. And there's so many things that I find that we have in common that I was like, oh, wait, I can't wait to, like, talk to her about that. And But let's start with your blog first, your Ambi, the, a music blog, yeah? Is that, like, a Canadian thing, like, I'm wondering? Like, instead of A, you said yeah? So, originally, I was trying to be cheeky because it felt at the time when I started it, it was, like, in 2012, everyone had a blog. Everyone was out there, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be some other, like, person out there with a blog so I was like let's just call it a music blog yeah and at first I was going to do a music blog a but then I didn't want people who came to the blog not that I was expecting anyone to come to the blog but it was just a hobby but I didn't want people who did happen to come across it to think it was just covering Canadian artists at the time so I decided to change it to yeah so it's still kind of had that essence of a and how we speak up here but uh, it didn't kind of just like pigeonhole me to anything yeah, like when I first heard it, I was because like, I always just heard it as Ambi. I didn't know it was like an acronym for something. But then when I saw that, I was like, that sounds so Canadian. I love it. It is. <laughs> it is. And then it got to the point when I did start interviewing wrestlers, I had to change it because I wasn't just covering music. So that's mm-hmm. when I did shorten it down to the abbreviation and it just became Ambi. And then after time, I kind of cut that off and it just became Alicia too. So that's kind of the little progress of all of that, all my names. <laughs> 
Well, it, it makes sense. I mean, you're progressing with the times. Obviously, like you said, you went from being a music blog at that time, and now you've progressed into just being the interview queen and interviewing basically all facets of music and entertainment and especially pro wrestling now. Yeah, it's been really fun seeing how things have been able to grow. When I started this, I was like 16 or 17 years old. I was just grabbing bands after shows, asking them two questions. And then for some reason, it just started catching on. And then once that grew enough, came to the point, hey, you have all these fans. Let's try to like pivot and start interviewing a whole other genre. And that's where wrestling fell into my lap. And when that first happened, I just thought I'd be hosting my YouTube show. That'd be it. The next thing you know, I'm hosting backstage at indies then pay-per-views then being signed to huge companies so it was just a uh, journey I never expected but I'm very happy that I decided to ride that wave you know <laughs> definitely now what got you into professional wrestling like did you just happen to you know interview somebody and then you got into it or were you into it as a child yeah, so I've been a fan since I was probably three-ish because my dad's been watching it with his dad, and then that was passed on to me and my sister. So it was just something that was always on in the house. So I'd watch it with him. Uh, never really grew out of it. And there were a couple times as a teen where I fell off in certain eras, and I came back on it. And then since the last four years, it's just been, like, nonstop wrestling craziness. So, yeah, that's kind of how it all began. But that's the best. Like, I find, like, with professional wrestling, like, just kind of diving in is probably the best way to go about it because there's so much going on, so many different companies. I mean, we're just talking independence. Now even larger companies that are doing TV and pay-per-views, I mean, there's countless. It's a great time to be involved in professional wrestling any way you look at it. Oh, definitely. I mean, I didn't even, I was one of those naive people who didn't even realize that the independence existed until four years back. I literally just knew about WWE really and then and then some TNA so when I discovered this whole other world and local shows I was like oh my gosh this is so cool like I don't have to pay like a crap ton for a ticket and I can still get some pretty quality wrestling you know uh, if you go to like an indie and not a shindy so it's one of those things where um, I was like this is so fun so I went to my first one as a fan and then I started interviewing at that same promotion here in Toronto and next thing you know they approached me saying hey would you like to do backstage interviews for us and then you know and so on and so on so yeah, it's nice when it just falls into your lap because it was never something I had any ambition to fall into, but the passion was there, so it was easy for me to fall into. And, I mean, you said you've been a part of all these different companies. I mean, you've been on Impact, you've been on AEW, and most recently, a year ago, you signed your first contract with MLW, Major League Wrestling. What was it like signing a contract with them? I was so nervous. I really was, you know, there were other companies that had interest and you're just waiting for phone calls and then you get other people approaching you and then people are saying, don't sign there, it's terrible, you have to sign here, it's the only way and like you have all these thoughts in your head, you know, and so when they approached me, they brought me out actually for one show in December of 2019 and they're like, hey, we're going to bring you down. Uh, we're going to see if everything we heard about you is really true, and we'd like for you to come down and get the vibe for the show, how we run our crew, talent, and see if you like it. So I did that first show a year ago, almost exact, it's crazy, and I loved it. And then I was there doing promos, and literally within my first two or three hours of being there, uh, one of the higher-ups, one of my bosses now, was like, hey, we want to lock you down. Like, you're literally exactly what we heard. You're doing a great job. Like, we just, we want you to be our face. And I was like, ah! So I thought about it, and next thing you know, I think it was two weeks later, I put pen to paper and decided to sign with them. It just made sense. They were really courteous in regards to what I wanted from them. They would take feedback. Uh, they're just 
fantastic to work with. I don't regret it at all. And it was just a relief, you know, to have like somewhere to call home. It was, it was really cool. And it still is. That's amazing. Like, I love when like stories like that come together, like when you are just in the perfect place at the perfect time. Because I mean, like you said, there's, you had all these different uh, promotions that had interest in you at that time. Yeah, it was freaky because you're just thinking, you know, it's a multi-year deal and you're thinking, wow, I'm going to be this old when this contract ends. Like, is that somewhere I want to be for that long? And I'm speaking in terms of like all the different spots. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it just made sense. It just, it really did. And I love working there. Like every time we're backstage, whether we're just ordering in food, talking about the show, actually doing the promos, like I just love the vibe there. It's so fun. Uh, the way they took care of us during the, during the pandemic and the way that we were able to fire back with the restart recently was amazing. It just is a good home base. So many great people, great talent. I'm just, I'm just happy that it happened because when you're a backstage interviewer, most promotions, unless it is WWE, only really have one. Um, one or two max, even places like Impact and AEW. So, you know, the fact that this big company wanted me to be that person, I was like, hell yeah, like that's dope. <laughs> you know, that's, that's of cool. Course. So, yeah, it made me really happy that they saw that in me. So, all good. And I mean, it's no pressure because you said like they wanted to bring you down and see if you're the right fit. It's no pressure at all, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. I remember getting the call and I just kept looking in the mirror, making sure like I looked professional and I, my makeup was okay. And I was just overly picky that day because I just, I had this feeling that their intent for flying me down was they wanted to sign me. Like I just, I knew that was the end goal. So I was like, okay, you can't screw this one up. You really can't. Like you got to put your best foot forward. I was thinking to myself, please don't stutter in the promo. Please don't mess it up. Like just be a one take wonder. And luckily that's, that's how it went. And yeah, it just it just feels it feels really good. It really does. Now I'm now it's phasing. Come January, it'll be my second year with them, and we have a lot coming up. I just had like this really cool gift come to my door today from them that I get to use for work, which is awesome. So yeah, it's it's going well. Awesome. And I mean, you mentioned you know there's been a couple of shows, and recently the more the reboot of MLW for the pandemic. How has it been? Because I mean, obviously you're in Toronto and they're in the States, I believe New York, right? Yeah. So we do show, um, so we actually filmed at like a secret location where we didn't kind of say where we were, but we have shot before from Philly to New York, tapings in Orlando. We filmed in a bunch of different locations, which Mm -hmm. is one of, one of my favorite things because pre pandemic we had, it was December, January, February, March, because our last show was in Tijuana, Mexico in March, which was like mind blowing. And, um, Oh, it was crazy. We had a collab with AAA, and there's 5,000 people, and it was just amazing, you know. In Mexico, we had talk, rooftop talk. It was just the best. But anyways, <laughs> you know, we we were everywhere, so it's really cool. We get to have different fan bases and stuff all over the place. But, yeah, we were at a – the last show was, like, a top-secret location, and um, it was really fun, though. So being being back was amazing. The fact that we finally had new content for people, because when your passion is, like, performing and being out there – and you have to sit on your butt for seven to eight months. Like, that is torture. And the fact that I am Canadian, they hadn't opened the border until September, and that's when I went there, did two indie shows two weekends in a row, flew back home, quarantined for two weeks, had one week of work, uh, like, catching up on stuff for for my site and interviewing, and then I flew back out to do these tapings for MLW. So when you just feel helpless, like, you can't do your job, it, it sucks. So the fact that we were able to come back, 
do the tapings, get COVID tests. Every single person tested negative in the building. It was incredible. Um, just felt great. It felt so good to be able to do what I want to do again and see everybody. It just, it was a really good atmosphere. We were like, hell yeah, we're back. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Cause like, I know for me, like besides seeing maybe my immediate family, like seeing friends is like a no-go for us like I mean we've probably seen them once or twice in the past eight to nine months but we would normally see them like once or twice a month normally so I mean it has drastically declined so I can only imagine being able to go and do what you love plus see the people that you enjoy being around is just an absolute blast for you yeah it was awesome there was this one point where the last day of our tapings like, like as I mentioned no one saw anyone else who weren't allowed to like really venture out anywhere so once all of us in that building got that negative test we were able to just relax not worry you know like I'm I'm probably speaking with more people than like anyone else in the building as far as work goes because every day I'm doing like 20 things this close to someone Mm -hmm. so the fact that they really took those safety precautions and wanted us all to feel okay like that was really awesome because you hear these nightmare stories about like majors that aren't testing still and it just blows your mind you know like I I don't want to get this thing (laughs) I don't think anyone does so um it was just a good experience it just felt really good to to be back out there so (laughs) and speaking of wrestling have you ever thought about wrestling because this my story when I started is I started as a ring announcer and One of the wrestlers asked me, they're like, why haven't you ever trained? And I was like, oh, my God, this epiphany in my head went off. It's like fireworks going off, like in a movie. Like, I was like, why don't I? And then I went and found a couple of different schools I wanted to look at. And then I trained and all that from there happened. But, like, have you ever thought about it? I mean, obviously, you're passionate. You know a lot of people in the business. It could be something that you could easily do if you really put your mind to it. Yeah, so for me, it started off with the YouTube channel, then I started doing the backstage interviews, then I did ring announcing, then I was hired to like host shows fully. So I feel like other than wrestling, yeah, I have been managed at a couple shows. So I feel like other than wrestling and like, no, I did like a ballet role too. So yeah, other than that, I've kind of done everything as far as behind the scenes go. So, or in Ringo, sorry. So um, I get asked all the time, will I wrestle? Like fans all the time they'll see like a bruise on me they're like oh she's training finally and I'm like no I'm just a mess so you know (laughs) I I just walk into everything but it's never really been an ambition of mine I literally can't even somersault like I'm terrified I'm gonna break my neck I just it's never been a passion of mine to actually wrestle I prefer the theatrics of being behind the scenes being the one telling the story I just don't I don't know I just don't really care to like have that part of it for me anyway of course I respect everyone who does it like that's mm. my life now being surrounded by it but yeah it's just not something that's ever crossed my mind that I've been like super excited about um I've had to train to take bumps and stuff because we're working on a couple things in the future that's really really cool but it's not me and necessarily like a full-on wrestler role so yeah. <laughs> well, that's totally understandable. I mean, some people are just happy doing the things that they're doing. And I mean, there's obviously right now the talent pool of women in the business is just crazy compared to when I started 15 or so years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. I came in, there was like 20 girls, maybe max. And now you're like, you have 20 girls, that, like just an indie promotion that are trying to get on shows and totally. a major difference. So if you're happy with the way you are, you just go with that and be happy. That's the way I look at it. Like, don't have anybody tell you like, oh, you should do it. No, if you don't want to do it, that's not you, then that's not you. 
Right. And the main part for me is I get to show up. You still get tons of like TV time. You get to have the fun. I get to do what I really just love doing. But at the end of the day, like I'm not hurt, you know, like I bruise like a peach. I'm a total wimp when it comes to aches and pains. Like it's just not something I enjoy, nor would I want to have to put up with. So I see close friends and loved ones like walking out from you you've witnessed it like walking out after a match and they just look terrible and I'm like man I feel for you I just I don't want to personally feel that way and it's you know it's just the way it is so yeah there are a couple different reasons I don't think I'll ever go that route but who knows one day maybe but like 99% highly doubtful (laughs) (laughs) and that's fine like I said that's totally fine so more stuff that I want to talk to you about because there's just a lot of things that I said like we would have in common. And one, you mentioned in one of your videos, you love going when you go to the States to the store five below. And when I lived in the States, that store is glorious to me. I mean, I love it. It's the best. And anytime I mention to anyone I'm on a show with, like, I have to go to Five Below and Walmart, they just laugh at me because they're like, why do you need Five Below? Like, they're just so used to it being there. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I can pick up crap that's makeup, home stuff, decor, uh, journals, technology stuff, my favorite American snacks. I'm like, it's literally a one-stop shop for everything that I all of my little knickknacks like I love it there I probably spend like 60 American every single time I walk out of that place I'm just <laughs> like and I, I end up walking out with like 30 different things I just I love it I love cheap stuff that's actually like decent quality mm-hmm. so yeah like I'm literally I'm 100% making um my boyfriend take me there when I'm there next well I leave in like a few days I'm like we're going to five below like there's no way we're not <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember go ahead go ahead I just have a checklist of like everywhere I, I want to go and because of the pandemic it's like um it's right beside a Target so I said or a Walmart sorry so I said when we go to get groceries like I'll just pop in quickly because trying to be as safe as as possible mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's always a spot that I I need to go to 100% <laughs> I agree like when I lived in the states I think they were just really starting to take off like eight seven to eight years ago and I was obsessed with them I mean like you said literally everything I don't know if they still do, but at that time they were selling t-shirts and they were cute t-shirts, like licensed t-shirts, like stuff you would go pay like $40 elsewhere for and you're buying for $5 there and the same quality. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like, why would you go spend that, that huge amount of money when you can buy it for $5 at five below and it's the exact same thing? Yeah, that's always been my mindset. I look at that giant wall. It almost looks like Hot Topic or like Spencer's when you walk in. And you just look at all these cute little shirts and there's a bunch of retro looking stuff and 70s looking stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is sweet. I can get like a whole outfit for 10 bucks. This is awesome. Why wouldn't you? I don't know. (laughs) I love that story, like I said. And, you know, another thing that I found interesting about you that we have in common is we're both big foodies. I love food. Yeah, and the other day I I heard you talk about a place here in Canada where you got a poutine, and it was French fries, the gravy, the cheese curds, and then pierogies on top. I grew up in the Cleveland area, which is has a huge uh, Polish community, and so pierogies is like a huge thing there. So like when you said pierogies were on top, first I was like, oh my god, that's a heart attack waiting to happen. But B, I have to have that because that sounds so good. It was next level. It was the spot called Mean Poutine, and I had never been there before. And uh, my family was out doing a Costco run, and I, 
I tagged along and we ended up stopping at this poutine place after. And I was like, all right, cool. It'd be like pretty decent poutine. And then I was like, oh my God, po- like pierogi poutine. Let's like definitely try this. And next thing you know, I'm just like devouring all of it. It was the best poutine <laughs> I've ever had. And then my friend and I, a week later, went and got it again because I told her about it. She's like, yo, I need this stat. So it was, I just, I love poutine. I've probably, I don't even want to admit how many of those I've ate in my lifetime. <laughs> And besides, besides Mean Putin, where are some of your other favorite places to go in Canada that maybe the U.S. don't quite know about yet? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't ate anywhere in so long because, yeah, that's true. <laughs> honestly, because of the pandemic. Um, well, we have Jack Astor's here, which is kind mm-hmm. of like kind of like, it's like my five below food where it's like they have everything so when whatever you're in the mood for you can get but they have that like crack bread that's like these amazing buns and then on top of it is just uh garlic and tons of butter and it's just uh, and they pull apart they're just amazing so I always liked going there pre-pandemic and then where else oh there's this place up here called Nakimono's which has um like really just great all across the board Asian food so that spot's really good and then Oh, there's this place um, that's newer in my area called like Pasta Tutti, and uh, they just have pasta and pizza. And I, my favorite things are Asian food, Italian food. Uh, those are my favorites. So I hit those up like way too often. And they're on delivery, which is like really great, but really bad, you know, yeah. <laughs> like one click, one click away, I can get all of this food. So yeah, those are some of my, those are some of my favorites as far as like places I like ordering from and stuff. And when you're in the U.S., what are your favorite places to go? Like, for me, whenever I go back, because here in Quebec, the Taco Bell that we have here is not the same menu, and it is not the same quality, I find. So, like, when I go to the U.S., like, one of the first places I have to go is Taco Bell, which everybody knows about. And if I'm going home, I have to go to this place called Blenton's, which has the best burgers in the world. So, if you're ever in Northeast Ohio, just remember that one. I could talk about all the Northeast Ohio restaurants, actually, but I asked you the question. So where do you like to go when you go to the States? Uh, My number one spot is Texas Roadhouse. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, that, I'm talking about bread so much, but that bread and the cinnamon butter is to die for. Like, that is literally one of my favorite bites in the world. And I always get the chicken fried chicken and another heart attack on a plate, but it comes with their loaded mashed on the side and these, like, buttered corn. It's just so so good I, I the last time I had it was after our MLW tapings a few of us went to get it after we all like were um tested and stuff and oh gosh it was like 10 30 at night I'm just like shoveling this down it was so good <laughs> it was so good my favorite that's definitely my favorite spot to go awesome now you mentioned all of these like very high carb meals and grease and butter I know you stay fit, but how are you managing right now? Because that just sounds like overload. And in Canada, a lot of gyms aren't open at all. So how are you managing it? Yeah, my my parents always say they don't they don't understand how I'm not like four times the size that I am, and I I also don't know. I guess I just have like a really good metabolism. Um, honestly, just like lots of squats and sit ups. We do have a home gym in the basement that everyone uses pretty much aside from me. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been doing every day my like hundreds plus hundred sit-ups and that keeps me so far okay you know so I'm just stick with what I know I guess and hopefully one day I don't wake up and I'm like just severely unhealthy (laughs) (laughs) I definitely hope that for you too and another thing I found interesting about you is you write and 
do your own poetry and lyrics. You said you've been doing this for, I mean, years. Have you ever thought about being published or have you been published? So as far as poetry goes, no, because it kind of went from poetry for a very long time into writing lyrics and just loving to sing. So um, it would honestly, if anything, was to kind of come out in an official form. It would probably be some kind of music or a song. Uh, that's something I've definitely thought about. And especially since the pandemic, the last few months, I've been posting singing videos and they've been doing like super well on, on my Instagram. So I was like, screw it. Maybe I'll write something, post it on my YouTube. If it does well, let's see where it goes. Like you literally never know what's going to go viral or do well. And I've heard some like really terrible singers have tons of views. So I was like, I'm not that bad. Like I should just give, I should just give this a go. So no, um, you have been posting a lot of those and they're, they're really good. Like, I mean, I can't sing a note to save my life if I tried, but <laughs> yeah, I've listened <laughs> to some of yours and they're good. And I mean, you range, you have like, quite the music collection that you range from. Like I saw the other day you had the Bee Gees. I know you love yeah. Steel Panther. I mean, that's quite the Very different. Here. Yeah. And plus everybody that you've interviewed, I mean, you've, you've gotten Carly Rae Jepsen, who's a pop star. I mean, you just have this eclectic taste. Where do you feel most at home when you're singing? Like what kind of genre? Probably like my good old early 2000s emo stuff so like everything from taking back sunday to the used to my chemical romance to like yellow card even dashboard confessional like all of those super like alternative bands were just my heart growing up for so long and they still are so anytime i sing them i just get emotional because like that stuff you just relate to it so much growing up and it just helps you through so much and it's just like your little happy place even though it's the most depressing shit you can listen to <laughs> so um Whenever I get to sing that stuff or, like, turn it on, it just, like, warms my heart. So that's probably, like, my favorite in terms of, of singing and just connecting, too. Yeah, you know, I feel that, too, because there's, a, like, I look at my playlist, and I'm like, why is, like, everything from, like, the year 2000 to, like, 2010? <laughs> there's been a lot of great music since then, and I have, like, oh, a couple songs sprinkled here there. But, like you said, the the emo, the alternative punk rock back in the early 2000s, mid 2000s is like, that's where it was at for me too. So that's amazing. See, a lot of things in common, like I said. Yeah, definitely. So another thing that I found interesting, and I should have mentioned this during the little food portion, is you don't like Coke or Pepsi, but you like the Coke Pepsi Slurpee. Explain this. There's nothing to explain. It makes no sense. It makes no <laughs> It literally makes no sense. I, it's, yeah, it's a shock to the world. I don't know. I, I don't like Pepsi or Coke by itself, but when you go, you can like, I look like an idiot when I go to 7-Eleven because I literally will go to the one Pepsi, then I move down four Coke and I do it like four times over so it matches. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's because it's in like an iced form. I don't taste the actual flavors as much or I think the biggest thing is I don't really like carbonated drinks. Mm -hmm. And so when you get a Slurpee, it doesn't taste carbonated because of the fact that both flavors are just turned into this icy. So maybe that's an explanation. I don't really know. <laughs> but it's banging. If you guys have ever tried it, that's the best Slurpee combination in the world. So, you know, a little tidbit for all of you. <laughs> I love it. So with your uh, Ambi blog and everything that you guys, you're doing there, who in music and wrestling are your dream interviews? Go with music first. Like, who are your dream interviews there? So for music, um, it would have to be 
and they're big names, but I've gotten big ones. So I just, you know, keep them on the hit list. But I, if I ever got to speak with Paul McCartney one day, I would just like ball my eyes out for days. Um, I'd love to have Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley on. I recently interviewed Ace Fraley from Kiss, which was one of the highlights of my life. But having one of those other two would just be like insane. Um, so those are probably my biggest ones for music. Unfortunately, some others on there like David Bowie, um, George Michael, like they've passed on. So, you know, uh, yeah, the, the ones before were probably my biggest. And then for wrestling, it would be The Rock and Cena, just because like they were my favorites growing up. And now the fact that they're like huge in acting too, I just couldn't imagine like the traction that would get, how happy it would make me, the conversations would be awesome. So yeah, all big names, but hey, I'm not putting anything out of reach at this moment. <laughs> Well, that's what, like, I mentioned on my uh, Twitter a few times. I'm like, you know, who do you guys want to see me interview? And I was like, you know what, just tell me who it is, and I'm going to shoot my shot, because why not, you know? Like, if they say yes, great. If they say no, I don't lose anything in the process. So why not? Let's just go for it. No, that's exactly it. If I hadn't randomly reached out to half of these bigger names I had on, like, there's no way I would have got it. And the fact that I remember one day fully followed me, uh, back randomly and I sent him a DM like hey I'm gonna be at this show with you would you like to do something and um he he didn't reply at the time so then I remember being at a convention he was at and approaching his table being like hey I do this la 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 would love to have you on he actually said yes so it's one of those things where if you don't shoot your shot like one may one way might not work the other one might mm -hmm. um and luckily you know that one did and that led to me hosting shows for him down the line and all this craziness so and that that kind of one thing has happened many times with many other people so you have to shoot that shot otherwise you're not going to get it unless it just falls in your lap you know yeah and there's not very many that fall in your lap I mean I don't know if people realize when you have like a podcast or a vlog or anything like that the amount of work that actually goes into it when not only the interviews, like you're, of course, you're doing the research, but then of course the editing and everything that goes on after that. Me, I'm lucky. My husband, he does a lot of my editing. I'm starting to learn it. I didn't have a clue about it before, but he's helping me. So like, it's, it's really a lot of work and a lot of time. And I don't think people maybe realize that as much. And so when you're reaching out to these people and you're hoping that, you know, you get a yes or maybe, you know, next week or whenever, as long as you get an answer, I love, even if it's no, I love getting that answer. So at least I know. Right. You know? Yeah. It's much better to know something than be like tagged along or just left in the dark. Like that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone just in life, not even in this is mm -hmm. like, yeah, sure. I'll do that. And then you follow up and like, there's no answer. It's like, don't bullshit from the jump. Just like say no or yeah. say yes. And if you say yes, then actually do it, you know, cause I don't, it drives me crazy. It's a pet peeve of mine, but it's always nice getting a reply because at least it gives you peace of mind. And if it's one of those better replies where it's a yeah, then you're like, time to rock and roll. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's exactly how I feel. All right, Alicia, it's been awesome having you on. Please let everybody know where they can find you on social media and if you have anything else coming up that you want to get out there. Yes, absolutely. So on socials, if you guys just search Alicia too, there you will find my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, my YouTube. I recently started a Patreon account, which has been super fun so far. I've been on it for a week already. And uh, there are eight different tiers you can choose from, all exclusive, awesome content. So if you want to jump on that train, 
come aboard. Uh, otherwise, you can watch me on MLW Fusion every Wednesday night. The easiest way to watch it is on our YouTube channel. Just search MLW. It comes right up. Uh, it's Wednesday night at 7 p.m. So you can start off your Wednesday night craziness with us. Great stuff. We have amazing talent. I'm on it. And uh, we have a lot of really cool storylines coming up. So, yeah, just follow me online. Say, hey, I love interacting with people. And watch MLW because it's awesome. Amazing. Thank you, Alicia, for coming on. You've been a blast and, and such a ray of sunshine. So have a great holiday season. And we'll see you guys next time on Talking Fast. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Frisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Works, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included... General Adnan, Hito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Richard Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation radio network.